Hey Brayden, do you know anyone who is tall, handsome, and has the look of a king? Well, John, I am deeply flattered. You know many people have said such things about me. <laughs> okay, today's story is not about Brayden, but about Israel's new king, who, by the way, gets a new heart. John, I am so stinking excited. We are getting registrations for summer camp. They are coming in. We're going to have so much fun. Yeah, it's, I got to say, it's going to be great. Uh, jump on covenantbay.ca and you'll find more info and a place to register for summer camps. It's going to be a great summer. Also, we have a contest with lots of fun prizes, including camp swag and t-shirts and, and a free week of camp. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, there are a few ways to get your name into the contest, so listen carefully, all right? First, the first way you can get your name into the contest is share Covenant Bay's social media posts promoting summer camp. The second way is you could make your own post and maybe just tag Covenant Bay Bible Camp, which is kind of a pretty important thing so we know you've, you've promoted the summer camp stuff and we can enter your name into the contest. And then third, uh, send an email to a friend uh, inviting them to summer camp and just uh, copy us in that email, uh, contest at covenantbay.ca. Those three ways will get you entered into the contest, and we would hope that you can win a prize because that would be pretty cool. This, this is going to be so awesome. We're going to start drawing prizes in the next couple of weeks for a few months. All right. What? So there's going a to be couple one months. Yeah. There's going to be one prize every week. Okay. Uh, that's a lot of prizes. That's, that's really cool. So, okay. Uh, I got pretty good chance. So everyone, this is your invite from me. I'm now entered into the contest, ready to win the big no, prize. No, 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 John, staff yes, can't, yes. staff cannot win contests. We ah. know this, that's a rule. It's always been a rule. It's going to be around forever. Okay, so just stop trying. Okay, whoever write, writes the policies around here needs to change that one. <laughs> well, I'm not going to. All right, here it is. Sign up and share a post, make a post, or send an email, and you will be part of the contest. You can do all three of those and be entered three times. Wow. That's like 300% better chance that if, than, than I have right now. You have zero chance. Well, infinitely right. better chances then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. I can't wait for summer camp. Uh, it's going to be great. Just like today's story. That was a that was a segue over rough ground, my friend. <laughs> it was it was a little rough. I, you can I'll roll, roll with it. I'll roll with it. Uh, yeah. We have been in the book of First Samuel, and last week the people were demanding a king. They were rejecting God as a leader, and they were asking for a king, just like all of the other nations around them. You know we. Also, we learned that it's important to remind ourselves of God's goodness. And Braden, even though maybe, uh, maybe it wasn't his best moment of judgment, but he told all of the little children to get tattoos to help them remember this. <laughs> no, no, uh, no. Okay, uh, I did not. Uh, my judgment oh, wouldn't, wouldn't be there. Um, it was a, a small mark with a pen or a sticker or a stamp, something that we would see visibly to remind us of God's goodness and spend time with him. And John, it's a little early in the morning to be throwing me under the bus. Like, come I, on. I got to say, uh, I, 
Just a, an apologies to a couple of parents out there. I may or may not have tattooed your children. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I did. <laughs> I hope not. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, it's it's never too early to throw you under the bus, my friend. Apparently uh, not. Let's yeah. get into today's story. Today's story is found in 1 Samuel chapter 9 and 10. So Kish, which is kind of a crazy name. Uh, Kish was an Israelite, and he was a wealthy man from the tribe of Benjamin. Now, Kish had a handsome son who stood head and shoulders taller than everyone else. Well, he he had the look of a king, Brayden. Oh, just like me. The look of a king. Tall, (laughs) handsome. First first of all, (laughs) you're not that tall. I mean, slightly tall. Slightly tall, but not that tall. Second, uh, I'm just going to take a wild guess here, but I don't think you have any royalty in your family lineage. And finally, about that handsome whoa, whoa, part. Whoa, before you, okay, before you keep going, uh, John, I'm taller than you. I'm like 6'1", okay, basically towering over you. Uh, <laughs> second of all, I put on like one of those cardboard crowns once, um, you know, from Burger King, and it fit perfectly. Okay, it was made for me. I'm royalty through and through. And if you ask my wife, she'll verify how handsome I am. Okay, so (laughs) I'm sure she would. So that's like three boxes checked out of three. That's a hundred percent king scenario. Okay, okay. For the sake of time, I'm gonna give you this one. You are just like King Saul. All right. Yes, thank you. I appreciate it. Sounds very honest coming from you not sarcastic yes. at all <laughs> well brain if you were are like saul your dad i don't know if your dad has sent you on a, a on a task like this before but your dad would have sent you out to search for three lost donkeys no only if there was a flashlight involved would i have to hold it that was <laughs> so maybe if it was nighttime and the donkeys were lost uh okay i don't i don't like where this is going so these donkeys were you know, they were valuable to this family right um and so this was actually a really important task yeah so it was it was it was a very important task and it, and after searching for quite a few days uh they just there was just no sign of the donkeys and so Saul suggested to his servant that they Return home because probably his father is now more worried about him and his servant than than the donkeys. Right. And so here's a, a section of scripture. It says, but the servant said, it, I, I've just thought of something. There's a man of God who lives here in this town. He's held in high honor by all of the people because everything he says comes true. Let's go find him. Perhaps he can tell us which way to go. That's First Samuel 9 verse 6. So after a bit of debate between the two of them, they decide to go and speak with Samuel, the man of God. They ask a woman at a nearby well, and they learn that Samuel is on his way to offer sacrifices. So they rush into the town, and, and as they enter the gates, they actually meet Samuel. Okay, at this point, we, we have to put Saul's story like on pause, time out. Mm-hmm. Uh, because earlier, Samuel heard from God regarding Saul. In 1 Samuel chapter 9, verses 15 to 17, it says this, Now the Lord had told Samuel the previous day, About this time tomorrow I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him to be the leader of my people Israel. 
He will rescue them from the Philistines, for I have looked down on my people in mercy and have heard their cry. When Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said, that's the man I have told you about. He will rule my people. Okay, this, this is kind of crazy. I'm, I'm not sure how others would respond to a moment like this. And there's lots of moments where when God speaks directly and super clearly to an individual, but it always kind of surprises me how it just is so matter of fact. It, honestly, Braden, it's just not a normal experience for me. So it's, it's surprising. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of arguing with it, right? No. Uh, well, okay. So Saul had no clue who Samuel was or even what he looked like. Um, you know, when he entered the town's gates, he saw a man and asked if he knew where the man of God was. Now, oddly enough, okay, Saul was talking directly to Samuel. He, he didn't know what he looked like. And so he didn't know that there was this like point of irony where he's talking to the exact man that he's looking for. Okay, so it gets even weirder again. Samuel kind of uh, starts talking all mysteriously, like maybe he knows a bit more than uh, what Saul, he's letting Saul in on. Mm -hmm. And so Samuel says in 1 Samuel nine nineteen to 20, he says, I am the seer, which is another word for prophet, or in this case, man of God. He says, I am the seer, Samuel replied. Go up to the place of worship ahead of me. We will eat there together, and in the morning, I'll tell you what you want to know and send you on your way. And don't worry about those donkeys. That's, that's the weird part. Like, how does Samuel know about these donkeys? And don't worry about those donkeys uh, that were lost three days ago, for they have been found. And I'm here to tell you that you and your family are the focus of all of Israel's hopes. So at this point, Saul is, you know, fairly overwhelmed by what Samuel had just said. Uh, but it got even better at this meal. <clears throat> but it got even better at this meal with distinguished guests. Samuel s sat Saul at the head of the table and gave him the best cuts of meat. So uh, a really high place of honor. After the meal, Samuel prepared a place for Saul to spend the night at his home. No. So, so I, I can only imagine, Raiden, mm -hmm. how confused, uh, humbled, or even elated Saul must have felt as he lay in his bed thinking about the day's events and his conversations with Samuel. It, mm -hmm. it was a lot to take in. Yeah, he's, he's coming from a place where he was, you know, a, kind of an average handsome person but now he's being treated with all this favor all these you know uh, this honor it, it would be very confusing mm -hmm. okay so the next day samuel gets up and and with saul and the servant and they start to walk out of town the servant kind of walks them out of town they then send the servant ahead of them so samuel could speak privately to saul so our modern day saul Braden, that's you if you thought your first day of, with Samuel was amazing, you are in for a treat this morning. Okay, so let me read a little bit more what Samuel has to say to Saul in this conversation. This is 1 Samuel chapter 10, verses 1 through 8. It's, it's a long chunk of scripture, but it's, it's actually pretty wild, all of Samuel's predictions as a prophet, okay? 
It says this, Then Samuel took a flask of olive oil and poured it over Saul's head. He kissed Saul and said, I am doing this because the Lord has appointed you to be the ruler over Israel, his special, special possession. When you leave me today, you will see two men beside Rachel's tomb at Zelzah on the border of Benjamin. They will tell you that the donkeys have been found and that your father has stopped worrying about them and is now worried about you. He is asking, have you seen my son? When you get to the oak of Tabor, you will see three men coming toward you who are on their way to worship God at Bethel. One will be bringing three young goats, another uh, will have three loaves of bread, and the third will be carrying a wineskin full of wine. They will greet you and offer you two of the loaves, which you are to accept. When you arrive at Geba the, uh, of God, where the garrison of the Philistines is located, you will meet a band of prophets coming down from the place of worship. They will be playing a harp, a tambourine, a flute, and a lyre, and they will be prophesying. At that time, the Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you, and you will prophesy with them. You will be changed into a different person. After these signs took place, after these signs take place, do what must be done, for God is with you. Then go down to Gilgal ahead of you. I will join you there to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. You must wait for seven days until I arrive and give you further instruction. Okay, that's a lot to take in. I yeah. I have to say that, I mean, that would be incredible. As the day played out with all of these things, you know, happening just as Samuel said that they would. You know, day one with Samuel was already like, woohoo, big, you know, like already. It's a big day. A big day. And then, and then day two, here's this like ultimate mountaintop experience where all of these things are happening. Samuel is prophesying. I mean, Saul would have been blown away. It would have been, uh, uh, well, it is a life changing event for him. You know, I, I kind of, I've enjoyed you know, imagining myself as Saul, it's not hard because we have so many similarities and handsomeness <laughs> and whatever. Um, but it, but it's been fun because it's a personal connection to the story. Yeah. Okay. So it gets even better. Okay. So check this out. This is the very next verse. As Saul turned and started to leave, God gave him a new heart. Okay. Weird. Yeah, <laughs> but pretty cool. Like, yeah, who doesn't need a new heart? Totally. Uh, full disclosure. Um, although I, I might, you know, be tall, dashing, and handsome, look like a king. You know, all of the above. Uh, even though all of those things, I could still use a new heart. You know, and I don't think I'm, mm. a, I'm alone in that. And, um, you know, it's, it's yeah. a prayer that I often have. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm right there with you. It's. A, this is a huge gift for Saul uh, mm -hmm. that Saul was given, kind of a gift from God to Saul uh, as, as a new king. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about this later. 
Okay, so uh, like we said, everything that Samuel predicted came true. He also met up with his uncle at a place, the place of worship. You know, they talked about their encounter with Samuel, but Saul said nothing about the kingdom. It was almost as if he was, you know, unsure about himself becoming king. Obviously big shoes to fill. Yeah. So uh, Samuel gathered all of Israel at Mizpah and he said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, had de- has declared. I brought you from Egypt and rescued you from the Egyptians and from all of the nations that were oppressing you. But though I have rescued you from your misery and distress, you have rejected your God today and have said, No, we want a king instead. Now, therefore, Present yourselves before the Lord by tribes and clans. That was 1 Samuel chapter 10, verses 18 and 19. Okay, so it continues. Then Samuel plays kind of a game of chance, you know, like drawing straws or rolling dice. It's called casting lots. Now, he did this to select a king and to show that it, it wasn't, you know, his personal choice, but it was to be God's choice. All right, so first the tribe of Benjamin was chosen by lot. Then it was the family of the Matrites that was chosen by casting lots. Then after a long time, it was Saul, son of Kish, who was chosen by lot. He slipped away, that's Saul, he slipped away and and hidden himself among the luggage and bags. He was still really unsure about being king of Israel. Okay, hold up, hold up one second. Clarification here. You said that it's, you know, we said that it's a game of chance, you know, but then we use the word chosen. They don't really go hand in hand, right? So just so we're clear, God was choosing Saul. He was, he was intervening in this scenario. He was influencing the outcome of casting lots of this game of chance in order for Saul to be selected. So it didn't, it it wasn't Samuel's choice, but this is indeed, indeed God's choice. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right. So Saul is hiding amongst, you know, the luggage. And when they find him and bring him out and everyone realizes how handsome and king-like he is, right? Or, or, or how Braden-like he how, might be. Right, right. Or <laughs> If they only knew me. Uh, yeah, if they only knew me. He was like a head taller than everybody else. He appeared to, to really be perfect. But good thing God gave him a, a new heart to boot. Like he had, he had everything going for him. Yeah, he really did. And the people began to shout, Long live King Saul. And they began to bring him gifts to honor him as their new king. And he had a number of men who also who, who, who followed him back to Akiba. But there were others who didn't think Saul was maybe up for the job. They were, I don't know if they were jealous, but Scripture describes them as scoundrels. They didn't like Saul all that much. Okay, I'm just, sorry, I just got to plug my computer in. It's not super low, but I just don't want it to die. I just have it right here. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, okay, that's the story. One thing I will note is that Samuel made sure to mention that the people had rejected God in favor of a king. I can only, you know... 
process so much how this made Saul feel. It, it would have been awkward to, to think, well, these people are ch- choosing me as king over God, but then, you know, Saul having the new heart and knowing that he was appointed and chosen by God, kind of a rock and a hard place. Yeah, you know, at, I, I would make the, that same assumption that Saul had a sense that this was not God's first choice. And yet now all the people are are hailing him and, and celebrating him as the new king. Mm-hmm. And, and further, you know, to that, it's like God is giving them the best shot of giving the people what they want, making this kingdom and king deal kind of work, making it all align. God selected Saul and gave him a new heart so that he would lead well. All right. So I got to say, that's a way better segue than I had at the start of this episode. Uh, but it's a great segue into our lesson. Thank you. God, God is willing to give us a new heart. Right. And, and what that means is, is it's a heart that desires God. And, and then it's a heart that is obedient to God. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that we won't struggle. Right. Like if we look at Saul in today's story, he had a new heart and yet his old heart was still there and it was still full of doubt and insecurity that caused him to hide among the luggage and bags and such. Mm-hmm. And if you want a new heart from God, all you have to do is just ask and, and he'll give it to you. Then feed that new heart good things from God's word or through prayer or time with other believers. Yeah. With your old heart, you, you must starve it. You must, you know, take away those things that are toxic, that, that feed it. You know, it, that might be thought patterns, media, poor friendship or friendships or activities that are all involved in kind of creating that toxic heart. Now, one, one heart, which, and it, it might be the, the new heart that God gives you or the old heart, one of these hearts is going to grow and mm-hmm. it will depend on which one you feed the most. Yeah. We want you to grow the heart God has given you. So here's our tip. Growth tip time. Growth tip time. You know, pull a friend aside and read the story of 1 Samuel 9 and 10. Then talk about how you can feed the heart that God has given us to be the stronger one and allow your old heart that is full of sinful ways to simply die. Now, okay, we obviously realize that this can be a a tricky conversation and you don't want to just like physically pull someone aside and start yelling at them for Samuel. Um, But but we've we've actually uh, planned it out because we know it's a hard conversation to help you a little bit. So our discussion questions uh, in the following discussion episode totally fit today's growth tip. It'll help along the way. All right, so we're going to ask three questions that are about feeding our new hearts and starving our old hearts. Thank you so much for everyone for tuning in. Again, John and I are so happy to be back here with you guys. Uh, Be sure to enter the contest and to win a free week of a summer camp or some swag, maybe some a cool hoodie or a t-shirt. It's going to be awesome. 
Hey, we love you guys. Give us a follow on Instagram at Bible Story Pod and share this podcast with a friend. You can find details on any of the contests or summer camp details at covenantbay.ca or covenantbay.ca slash contest. I cannot wait to see all of you at camp this summer. Have a great week.